Uh, God, thank you for having a good day today. Lord, I pray for wisdom today. Breakthrough prayers are for when you have a crisis in your life. Breakthrough prayers are for when things are out of control. It's when you can't do anything about it. It's when you need God to step in. It's when you say, God, I can't do this myself. I need you. Now, now one of the important elements of a breakthrough prayer is thanking God in advance. I'm going to give you an analogy of how this works. Say I were to call you up one day and tell you, I'm going to pay your rent for the next 12 months. In fact, I'm writing it out now. I'm going to put the check in the mail. What would you say? (laughs) Well, I'm guessing you would say thank you, right? Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You'd be thankful. You'd be thankful right away, right? But now you don't actually have that check yet. The rent is not paid yet. But you say, hey, David, he's a stand-up guy. You know, his word is true. He means what he says. That check is coming. But there's a delay. Do you say thankful in the meantime? Do you say thank you in the meantime before that check comes? I bet you do. Now, that is what God wants you to do in prayer. That's the picture I want you to see. Let's go to our first verse of reference here. This is Mark chapter 11, verse 24. And here, Yeshua says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Notice the tense change. It says, believe that you have received it, and then it will be yours. In other words, believe that you have received it, and you will receive it. It goes from past tense to future. So are you saying that I've got to believe that I got it already in order to receive it? That's what the word says. That's what Yeshua said. That's called faith. That is the difference between gratitude in prayer and faith. Thanking God after he gives you something is called gratitude. Thanking God before he gives you something is called faith. And a breakthrough prayer, you've got to have faith. This is what you do when you pray over and over again, waiting for God's timing. Sometimes there's a delay. Sometimes things don't happen right away. So does that mean you keep asking him over and over again like a child saying, Oh, please, can I have ice cream? Can I have ice cream? Please, can I have ice cream? Can, you, can we take me to, can we go for ice cream? Can I, can I, can I? Or keep begging, please give it to me. Please, 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 can I have it, please? No. You ask him once. You say, Lord, you promised this in your word. I'm asking you this. Then you just thank him. You know, Abraham did this. He said, thank you, God, for giving me a son. Did it happen right away? No. It took 25 years. 25 years. 25 years after he asked God for a son. He was 100 years old. But God fulfilled the promise. God answered his prayer. There's a great example of breakthrough prayer 
in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And this is, relates to the story about Jehoshaphat, who was king of Judah at the time. He had three armies coming against him. Not one, not two, but three armies. In effect, they're tag-teaming against Judah. And he knows they're about to get slaughtered. They're about to get creamed. Jehoshaphat's prayer is a great example of a breakthrough prayer. Now, you may need a breakthrough prayer in your life. You may need it in your health. You may need it in your marriage. Maybe you want to get married. Any area that is not controllable, it's something that you can't manage. And most of the important things, the big things in life, are out of your control. So let's go and look in verses 1 through 4 of 2 Chronicles. And we'll read what happened here. It says, After this, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Meonites came to war to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, these are spies that had seen this army coming, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Engedi. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast to all of Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. They were in a tight, tight spot. They were in a difficult situation. This was eminent destruction. Three to one odds. Now, Jehoshaphat did something really important here. First, you'll see he prayed privately. He asked the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. It says, he inquired of the Lord. He resolved to inquire of him. Then he got other people to pray. He got the people to pray. And then you will see in a moment that he prayed publicly. This is what you want to do when you have a major crisis in your life. This is what you want to do when you have one of those uncontrollable problems in your life. Jehoshaphat resolved to seek the Lord. Instead of worrying, he worshipped. Instead of panicking, he prayed. Prayer should always be the first choice to resolve a conflict in your life, not the last. You've heard the expression, well, all we can do now is pray, as like the last resort, or even worse, somebody says, prayer? Has it come to that? No, it should be the first thing, not the last thing. It should be number one. In the book of Job, we read how Job lost everything except his wife and his own life. He was totally wiped out. He lost his children. He lost his health. He lost his wealth, all his possessions. He was in bad shape. But when Job prayed for his friends, God began to restore everything in his life. God restored everything in his life double, in fact. And it didn't say when Job prayed for himself, but praying for others makes a difference. Group prayer makes a difference. Praying breakthrough prayer together makes a difference. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 3, it goes on to say, And Jehoshaphat was afraid. He was alarmed. So he resolved to seek the Lord. It's okay to be afraid sometimes. 
It's natural. It's what, it's what you do with the fear that counts. Resolve to seek the Lord. Yeshua resolved to seek Abba, his father. Daniel had fearful situations in his life. Each time he resolved to seek the Lord, he received deliverance. He received revelation. So let's look. What are the keys to focusing on breakthrough prayer? The first one is to start by focusing on God, not the problem. Focus on God, not the problem. Remind yourself of God's greatness. God already knows you're in a crisis. He knows your situation. He knows all. Let's take a look what Jehoshaphat did here. Let's look at verse 6 in chapter 20. He said, Lord, God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule, o you rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Remind yourself of God's unlimited power. Remember all the miracles God has done and recorded in his word. And he goes on and says in verse 7, Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? Remember God is sovereign. Remember God has unlimited power. He's God over all the universe. He's in charge of all the miracles. Remind yourself of God's promises. These are the promises he made to, to Abraham, to, Jacob, to Isaac, to Jacob, and their descendants. Remind God of his promises. There's nothing wrong with that. God loves to be reminded of his promises. Hey, they're written in his word. Now, as human beings, we might not like it. Again, going back to, but Daddy, you promised. You promised you were going to buy me that new video game, which cost $75. You know, God is not a man that he should lie. Ask God for a breakthrough. God, Jehoshaphat was specific. He didn't just ask God for a blessing. It's too general. How are you going to know that God has blessed you? Besides, sometimes blessings come as problems. You ever heard the saying, it was a blessing in disguise? Well, this happened, it was kind of, well, it was kind of a blessing in disguise. Be specific in prayer. Be specific in breakthrough prayer. God, I need to get out of debt. God, I need to be healed in this area. God, I need this relationship to be restored. It's measurable, it's specific, it's clear. Let's continue on in verse 10. 10 through 12 in Chronicles, 2 Chronicles. It says here, But now here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to inv invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession that you gave us as an inheritance? Our God, will you not judge them? Will you not judge them, God? Jehoshaphat was specific. Be specific in your prayer. Now, Jehoshaphat, let's look at these questions he spoke before God. 
you think about it, he, he argued a great case. You know, he was kind of a pretty good trial lawyer there for our lawyers in the, in the congregation. First of all, he asked the question. He said, God, are you not God? Are you not God? Second, he said, did you not help us in the past? God, you remember you, you, you got us out of Egypt? Remember that? Remember when we were in the wilderness, you provided food for us, you protected us the whole time? God, remember those battles that our ancestors fought before? Did you not deliver us every time? The third thing, he says, have you not made promises to us before? Did you not promise this land to us? And then he says, God, will you not help us again? You can pray those exact same things in your breakthrough prayer. So we want to focus on God, not the problem. And then tell God, I can't do this. I need you to do this. I can't do it. It's for when you feel powerless. He said, God, I need you to do this. There have been a situation where you're holding a, a screaming, crying baby. You know, you get, they're crying. They're, I don't know, they could be colicky or teething, and they're screaming, Aah! and you're trying to bounce them around, trying to get them to stop, and you get the pacifier out, and it's like nothing works, and it's like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? Okay? For when you feel powerless to say, God, I need you to do this. And here's what, here's what Jehoshaphat said in his prayer. He says, for we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We have no power. We're powerless. We do not know what to do. But our eyes are on you, Lord. We don't know what to do. He said, Jehoshaphat said, I can't do this. We can't do this. We feel helpless. And that's the thing. Most of the big things in life, big crises, the things that you have to deal with, you can't do much about in your own power. Suppose your company, you go in one day and say, oh, we're laying everybody off. Thank you, goodbye. Suppose you uh, come back from the doctor and says, eh, it's not good. You got a bad medical report. Things ain't looking good. Or the, uh, the auto shop calls you up and says, it's going to be $4,000 to repair your engine, and you don't have it. That's why you need to pray a breakthrough prayer. So what do you do in that situation? What did Judah do? Let's continue on in verse 13. It says, All the men of Judah, with their wives and children and little ones, stood there before the Lord. Everybody, the whole family was there. Mom, dad, the kids, the babies, they were all there together. So what did they do? They stood there before the Lord. He says, you wait and trust. The whole family can get involved in this. The whole family can get involved in praying this. Saying, we can't change this, Lord. God, you can. Sometimes faith means doing nothing. Sometimes it means you got to wait. There's a delay. So we got to focus on God, not the problem. Tell God, say, hey, God, I can't do this. Thirdly, 
Listen to what God says to you. Prayer is a conversation. You don't have to do all the talking. Build a relationship with him. You can't build a relationship if you're the one doing all the talking. Right? That's, that's a monologue. How do you do this? Well, start by reading his word. His book is filled with what God wants to say to you. It's all written down. Spend some time every day reading what God's plans are for you, what God wants for you. You need to read every day to build a relationship. It says, while all the people were ascended or assembled, and this is what the prophet said, because the prophet spoke. Verse 15 through 17. This is the prophet speaking now. said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jer Jerulel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out. Face them tomorrow. The Lord will be with you. So God said, relax. I'm going to take care of it. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. It's my battle. I'll handle it. Let me ask you. Do you get tired? Do you get tired a lot of the time? Do you ever wonder why you get tired a lot? It's because you're fighting battles that belong to God. And you're not God. You know, in America, we have this independent spirit that is celebrated. And in many ways, that's a good thing. But when it comes to this area, what happens is we try to assume God's role. We say to God, hey, God, I tried. I, I, I worked on it, but I'm sorry. I tried. I messed up. God, I let you down. Repentance is one thing. Repentance is right when we have sinned, we've done something wrong, then we need to repent. But this thing about being sorry because I tried to do it myself and I screwed up, it's backwards. You don't hold God up. He holds you up. If you could control it, then it's not God. He doesn't expect you to do his job. Imagine, imagine if you're getting on a plane, and as the plane starts to, to taxi up the runway and builds up speed and starts to take off, you start doing this. And then, you know, the, the, it's getting faster, and you're going like this, like this. And the flight attendant comes back and says, Sir, madam, what are you doing? Oh, I'm helping the plane take off. And you're, and you're going faster and faster, and... They would think you were crazy. Not to mention your arms would get pretty tired pretty quick, right? But sir, you know, the engines on this plane can handle it. Each of those two engines put out 30,000 pounds of thrust. It's more than enough to take this plane up into the air. But you're trying to do this. And you're getting tired and you're getting tired. Let me ask you, are your arms tired? 
Are you tired of flapping? Are you tired of flapping in your job to try to make it work? Are you tired of flapping in your health, trying to get your health back? Are you, try, are you flapping in your marriage to make your marriage work? Are you ready to say, God, I give up? You know what God's going to say? Great. <laughs> now we can get something done. He's going to say, the battle is not yours, it's mine. So God says to Jehoshaphat and the people, he says, relax. He says, it's my battle. He says, keep serving in your position. God says, take up your position and stand. You're taking up in your position and you're standing here. That takes an enormous amount of faith. In our own walk, every person has a position. Everyone serves. Everyone is key. All of you are key in this congregation. A non-serving believer is a contradiction. God has a unique position for you in the body. You all play a part. So then God says, wait and watch what I do. You don't have to move. You don't have to try to manipulate God. You don't need a change of scenery. It's never God's will for me to run from a difficult situation. Because if you run, you're probably going to face it again. Has God ever lost a battle? No. Have you or I lost a battle? Eh, probably. Jehoshaphat said to this to his people, continuing verse 20, he said, Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. That is my goal for you. I want to see you succeed. So we've talked about focusing on God, telling God, I, I can't do this, you need to do this, and then listening to hear God speak to us. So number four is, let's thank God. Let's thank God for the answer. Verse 21 says, Then the king appointed musicians and singers in robes to march in front of the army and loudly praise and thank the Lord. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. We actually have one of our praise songs has those words in it. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Then it goes on, hallelujah. Okay, We actually sing that here. But can you imagine that? Guitars. Can you imagine guitars, saxophones, accordion out there? Hey, guys, you're out in front. Get out there in front, front of the army. What would General George Patton say? He'd be like, what? What are you guys, crazy? There are three armies waiting for them, and they see a choir and a bunch of musicians coming at them. Oh, we're thanking God in advance. Praise is verbalized faith. Thank you, God. You're taking care of my pain. Thank you, God. You're taking care of my finances. Thank you, God. You're taking care of my marriage. Verse 22. It says, At that very moment, they began to sing and praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon 
Moab and Mount Seir to begin fighting among themselves. And they destroyed each other. They started fighting. It's just like, oh, they started fighting with each other. That's the power of thanking God in advance. When are you going to thank God in advance for that breakthrough in your life? And number five, expect God to turn battles into blessings. Verse 24 through 26. It says, When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder, and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing, also articles of value more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it all. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Baraka, where they praised the Lord. That is why it is called the valley of Baraka to this day. Baraka means blessings, just like in Baruch. Baraka means blessings. God wants you to live your life in the valley of blessings, not the valley of battles. He wants you to live where there is so much blessing. There is overabundance. You are in battle after battle, whether it is in school, at work, maybe with your spouse, maybe with friends, with neighbors. God doesn't want you in battles. He wants you in blessings. I want to see you all pray breakthrough prayers for yourself and for others. So when they got back to Jerusalem, they had a big celebration. Verses 27 and 28. It says, Then led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem. For the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lyres and trumpets. They had a party. They had a celebration. When you have a breakthrough in your life, it makes you want to praise, too. It makes you want to celebrate. We just celebrated Thanksgiving a few weeks ago. When I tithe, I give to the congregation. I give thanks to God for three reasons. First, I give in gratitude for all that he has done for me in the past. I thank him, God, for the blessings he's poured out on me. Thank you for, for your love and mercy. Thank you for blessings with my family. Secondly, I give to keep my priorities straight in the, in the present. I give to remind myself, hey, God, you are number one in my life. It's keeping God first in my life, and then everything else will fall in line. And third, I give thanks for the future. Say, God, I'm giving you thanks in advance for the future. I'm giving you thanks by faith for what the future is. Many of you will remember Isaac Farouz, a longtime member of Tikvot Israel, who passed away this year. Isaac was David Farouz's dad. I spent some time with David last week, and David told me about a very difficult situation he faced. You see, Isaac's health had begun to fail, and he needed a wheelchair to get around. Isaac lived with his other son, Danny, and his, Danny's wife, but they both worked all day, so Isaac was left alone for many hours. 
he really couldn't cook for himself. He really couldn't get along. I mean, couldn't get around very well. He was, he was in the wheelchair and stuff. And so David tried to help out as much as he could. But he and Sandy lived down in Petersburg. And Isaac lived up in Glen Allen. David told me he tried to adjust his work schedule and hurry up each day up to Glen Allen, but it was just difficult. He was trying to, to juggle his work schedule and try to get up there. He was faced with a difficult decision. He says, you know, I need to work, I need to pay the bills, but my dad needs me. David told me he prayed and asked God what to do. He said he kept hearing God tell him, you need to quit your job. As hard as that was, David obeyed and started taking care of his dad full time. That took faith. David cooked for him, took him to the mall, kept him company, spent time with him, fellowshiped with his dad, even got him walking again a little bit with the walker. Shortly after David quit his job and started taking care of his dad full time, David got a call from Isaac's relatives in California. They said, David, we're going to send you a check every month so you can take care of your dad. So for the rest of the time David took care of Isaac, he had a paycheck coming in every month. And even now, though Isaac is with the Lord, God blessed David with a new good job that he enjoys very much. Folks, it's breakthrough prayer. It's breakthrough prayer. Thank God. Have faith. We serve an awesome God, and he can accomplish awesome things in our lives. Pray. Thank God in advance. He'll turn your battles into blessings. Just let him do it. Shabbat shalom.